Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. At the end of last week's Parsha, Parsha's Toldais, uh, we read that because of various circumstances, Yaakov was sent by his father Yitzchok to go back to the, the homeland, so to speak, go back to Abraham's uh, place of birth and to find a wife there. As we read in Perik Chav Ches, Pasek Hei, by Yishlach Yitzchok es Yaakov, Yitzchok sent Yaakov, Vayelech Padena Aram, and he went to Padena Aram, El Lavon ben Bisuel HaArami, to Lavon, the son of Bisuel, the Aramite, Achi Rivka, who is the brother of Rivka, Aim Yaakov the Esav, Rivka, who is the mother of Yaakov and Esav. And then we begin this week's Parsha, Parsha Svayetse, with what seems to be a superficial, a super, not superficial, a, what seems to be a, an extra a repetition, a repetitious, a superfluous Pasuk. Because here it says, It says Yaakov left Be'er Sheva, which is where he was, it's where they all were. And he went to Haron. So this seems to be nothing more. This doesn't seem to be adding any new information. We know that he was in Beersheba, and we know that he was sent to go to Haran. And Rashi comments, Vayetse. says, Rashi, It only really needed to write, Vayelech Yaakov Harana, that Yaakov went to Haran. That would have been news, because it only said previously that he was sent to go there. But the fact that he did go there, so that's a new fact. So it should have only said here, Vayelach Yaakov Harana, that Yaakov went to Haran. Lama hiskir yitziyasai. Why does the Pasuk mention his exit from Be'er Sheva? We know where he was, and we know he was going towards Haran. So if you tell me that he went to Haran, obviously he left Be'er Sheva. That's Rashi's question. Answers Rashi, Ella, Rather, the Pasuk is coming to tell us that the exit of a tzaddik from a particular city or place, it makes an impression. It makes a big difference on that place. It is a big loss, as we'll see in a moment, to that place from which the tzaddik exits. At the time, at a time when the tzaddik is in a city, he or who hoda, who ziva, who hadra. I believe in most editions of Rashi that I've seen, it's not he but who. It's a it's a it's a uh, a masculine because the word tzaddik is masculine. Anyway, who hoda, who ziva, who hadra. The tzaddik is the hod. He is the glory. He is the shine. He is the splendor, and he is the hador, and he is the beauty of the city. Yatsami sham when the tzaddik leaves there. So pana ziva, pana 
Pana Yatsami Sham, Pana Zivo, Pana Had Pana Hadra. Hmm, interesting. And I think in most editions of Rashi, it's it mentions all three things: Pana Hoido, Pana Zivo, Pana Hadra. There's always some surprises from the uh, the text in the Rashi as presented in this website. I think it, certainly in most printed editions, it, um, it says that the, when the tzaddik is in the city, so the tzaddik is, gives to the city three things. He gives it, he gives it its hod, its ziv, and its hoda. And when he leaves, all three of them leave with him. We'll, we'll take it like that. And similarly, Similarly, it says regarding Nomi and Rus in the in Megillas Rus, it says that she left the place. And there also Rashi is telling us that's really superfluous to tell us that she left uh, Stemayov and went back towards to Eretz Yisrael. There also, so it's coming to tell us that when Nomi left that place, so Panahoida, Panaziva, Panahadra, the, the place lost its hod and its ziv and its hoda. I would like to discuss two questions about this Rashi, one of them on the what I call the technical level and one of them on the content level. The technical question is as follows. I've mentioned many times that it is not the derech of Rashi to ask explicit questions. In most places, Rashi simply tells us how to understand the Pusik. It's our job to go back and say, what was bothering Rashi? What question is he coming to, to answer? What difficulty in the Pusik is he coming to, to, to avoid or to, to, to answer with his statement? But he doesn't phrase himself in a question. He simply tells us this is what the Pusik means. On occasion, he does ask an explicit question. Here is one of those places where she says, it only was necessary to say, and Yaakov went to Haran. Why does the Pasuk mention his exit from the city? So here Rashi is asking very explicitly. And so this requires some investigation. The general principle, which is stated by many Mephorshim, certainly not all, but many, uh, particularly the Maskele David, is that when Rashi asks an explicit question, it must be that that's not really his main question. Rashi's main question is always something that is in the text and that he would expect everyone to notice on their own. And really he could just tell them how to understand the Pesach. And that would, that would automatically answer their questions. If Rashi is, if and when on occasion, Rashi asks a question explicitly, that's a sign that really his question, his main question is something else. He is using the explicit question and the answer there too, in order to answer the other question that he has. So my question here is, what is why does Rashi ask his question here explicitly? What other question really was bothering Rashi? That's on the technical level. On the content level, the obvious question on the Rashi is, what exactly does it mean, hoida, ziva, hadra? What are all these three words? What are they? I mean, we can understand that when a tzaddik is in a city, 
So he provides a certain glory and magnificence, but that's a lot of words for Rashi. Hoda, Ziva, Hadra. What does each one of these three words denote or connote for that matter? Let's begin with the technical. The Sefer Maska the David, right away here, uh, raises the question, why does Rashi ask this question explicitly? He, he raises the question that it is not the normal uh, way of Rashi to raise questions explicitly. And so there must be some hidden question over here. And so Maskell the David explains as follows. It could be, one might have thought that this Pasek is recounting, it is going back to the Pasek that we began with. It is going back to that Pasek in the end of Parshas Toldais, where it said that Yitzhak sent Yaakov to go to Haran, to go to Paran Aram, to Lovin ben Besuel. It could be that the Pasek here at the beginning of Vayetze is basically restating it, but if that would be so, then it should have been phrased in a different grammatical, in a different grammatical form. He says that if our Pasek is merely returning, recounting what Yaakov did a few psukim ago, so then it should have said, the Yaakov Yotzah mi Be'er Sheva Vayelech Harona, rather than Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'er Sheva, the order of the words in the Pasuk should have been inverted. It should have been V'yakoiv Yotzah mi Be'er Sheva. That would have meant, and we'll talk about this more in a moment, that would have meant that Yaakov had left Be'er Sheva, and now, as you know, and now he is going to Choron. That would have indicated that this is a, a sort of a the first half of the Pasuk anyway is a sort of a recap, sort of a, a summary of things that we knew already. And, but it's coming to tell us one new thing, that he went to Haran. That's if it would have said, V'yakoiv Yotzah mi Sheva. But since it says, V'yetze Yaakov mi Sheva, that means, that indicates that the Pasuk is telling us something new. On that, Rashi had a question. Well, what do you mean it's telling us something new? I know that Yaakov was in Beersheba, and I know that his father Yitzhak sent him out to go somewhere else. So obviously, he left Beersheba. There's no news there. Now, what is the Maskele David talking about? What's the difference between Vayetze Yaakov mi Beersheba, which is what it does say in the Pesach, and what's, what, what's, what would be different if it would say V'yakoiv Yotzah mi Beersheba? The answer to this is in Arashi in Parshas Bracious. Pascal David doesn't specifically tell us to look over here, but it's obvious that this is the source. It says in Perik Dalit of Sefer Bracious, which is already after the whole creation story and the creation of Adam and Chava, and even after the whole story of the, of the sin of Adam and Chava, it then says, and, and their, their banishment from Gan Eden, we then find a Pasuk that says, The man, Adam, he knew, he had relations with Chava, his wife, and she became pregnant and she gave birth to Kayan. And she said, 
as Hashem. I have acquired a man with Hashem. We're not going to go into what that means. But it, the passage begins, Adam yoda ishto. Now Rashi here comments, Adam yoda kfar This means that when did Adam have relations with his wife Chava? In, that, that is being uh, that is being uh, told to us, being reported to us in this Pasuk. When did that happen? Already before the whole matter that was written above, already before all of those narratives that came before. Before he sinned. And even before he was banished from Gan Eden, he was back in Gan Eden, he and Chava, and they were man and wife, they had relations. And also the pregnancy and the birth of Kayan. If it would have written by Yeda Adam and Adam knew, or literally, and he knew Adam, Nishma, that would have sounded, that would have meant that after he was banished, then he had the children. What Rashi is saying is, is like this the normal uh, style of the Torah when it is telling us a narrative is. It always puts the verb first. It puts the verb first. Then it puts the subject, meaning the person who was doing the action of the verb. And then you have whatever else is in the sentence. So all over the Torah, when the Torah is telling us a story, it will say, uh, and Moshe went. He spoke, Hashem, etc. To Moshe saying. That's uh, next week's parsha. So it says, the verb, Yaakov, the subject, the person doing it, and what he sent and to whom he sent them, etc., etc. That is the normal structure of the Torah, the normal grammatical structure that the Torah uses when telling a story. When on occasion you find the opposite, you find like this, Adam, you have first here the subject of the verb, Yoda, and then you have a plain past tense Yoda, not a Vayidaber, which really means and he will speak, but we say the Vav turns it around into a past tense, but we have a Yoda, he knew, etc., Eschava Ishto, that means he had known. It's what's called in English the past perfect, or sometimes called the pluperfect. It's what someone had done before he then did something else, all of which occurred in the past, but it's beyond past. It's even farther ago, even longer ago than in the past. So here it says, Adam yada, that the Adam knew he had relations with Chava, his wife, it means he had done this even before some of the things that we've already said about him. And similarly, says the Maskal the Dovin, that if our Pasuk in the beginning of Vayetze was only coming to restate that Yaakov left Be'er Sheva in order to then tell us that he actually did go to Choron, so it would have said, the Yaakov Yotzah mi Be'er Sheva. It would have said, and Yaakov had left Be'er Sheva, but, and then even before some of the things which we, which we read about at the end of Parshas Tolvas. And now 
and he had left, and now he's going, and now he went to Haran. However, since that's not what the Torah does here, here the Torah uses the regular style of a narrative. It says, say the verb, Yaakov, the subject, that indicates that the Torah is coming to tell us something new. Now that's, that's troublesome. What do you mean the Torah is coming to tell us something new? Rashi says, If it's coming to tell us something new, it only should have said, That's the only part that's new, that he went to Haran. Why did he, does the Pasuk mention his exit? That is indicating that there's something new about the fact that he's leaving, even though that's a question. That's questionable. What's new about it? So the Maskele David is saying that Rashi's real question, his main question was, his main question was that if this Pasek is merely recounting, is merely restating the fact that Yaakov left Beersheba, in order to then tell us the new point that he went to Haran, it should have said, V'yakoiv Yotza. That's the real question. Now, in order to get at the answer to that question, Rashi quotes a different question, which happens to be in a Midrash. The different question is that the whole Pasuk is superfluous, that we already know, we could have already deduced very simply that Yaakov had left, that he did leave, um, Beersheba. So Rashi quotes that question, and he also quotes the answer to that question, which will answer Rashi's question also. And what is the answer? The answer is, It's coming to tell us that the exit of the tzaddik makes an impression upon a place. Because when the tzaddik is there, the city has its hod, its ziv, its hodr. When he leaves, it loses its hod, its ziv, and its hodr. Okay, that is the those are, that is the uh, technical point that I'd like to make about this pasuk. That what Rashi really is trying to tell us is that Vayetze Yakamib Sheva is a new piece of news, something that we could not have deduced simply by reading the end of Parshas Toldos, and the news is that Yaakov left Be'er Sheva and he left it bereft of its hoid and its ziv and its hodr, because that's what happens when a tzaddik leaves a city. And now we go to the content. What is this hod and ziv and hodr? The Maskal the David explains that when a tzaddik is in a city, the tzaddik provides for the city three, three main categories of benefit. The tzaddik provides linaf sham. He provides a benefit to their souls because he teaches them the derech ha he teaches them the, the right path to go on. He teaches them ladas ma Yisrael, ma yasa Yisrael. He teaches the Jews in the city what they should do. He teaches them the halacha, he teaches them the laws of the Torah. So that's linaf sham. He provides a benefit to their souls. He provides a benefit to their guf, because the presence of the tzaddik protects their bodies. And he provides a benefit for their mamayin for their property, 
because also the presence of the tzaddik prevents damage from happening to their property. It, 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 in his schus, it is uh, less likely that marauders will come and destroy everyone's property. So there's hod, there's ziv, and there's hodr. The Maskele David does not explain exactly why this one is called hod, or which one is called hod, or why this one is called ziv, and that one is called hodr. He does not explain. We'll talk about that in a moment. He does explain one thing which I did not see in other Mepharshim. I didn't look at many, but a few. He explains why this point about the tzaddik leaving and the city loses its hod and ziv and hodar, why is this written in the Torah about Yaakov? And it's written in another place in Tanakh about Rus. Why particularly these two righteous people? Interesting question. There are other places in Tanakh where, where tzaddik goes from place to place. He leaves one place, he goes to another. But there are only two places where Tanakh emphasizes it in order to teach us that when the tzaddik leaves, the city loses all of its uh, all of these wonderful qualities. The Maskele the David explains that by each one, by Yaakov and by Nomi, there's a special chiddush, there's a special new point that is being conveyed. By Yaakov, Yaakov left the city, and certainly it, uh, a city is a better place with Yaakov rather than out it, with, without him. But still, back in that city, you had a, a few big tzaddikim. You had Yitzhak Avinu, and you had Rivka Yimenu. And uh, the Maskele David says also, uh, he feels that Aver, the son of Noach, was still there also. So you had, uh, had a great... Uh, <laughs> a great uh, store full of uh, tzaddikim over there. So the Chiddush is, even so, when Yaakov left, one could feel a certain deflation in the, in the city. And by Nami, he explains that there the Chiddush is, is that this phenomenon, phenomenon is true even by a tzaddikis, even by a female tzaddik. Now, for the feminists out there, I don't think he means because a female is less of a tzaddik than a male. That, 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 there's no reason to think that. I think what he means is, but it is the derech, the proper derech of a woman, that it should be kol kfuda, kol, kol kfuda bas melech penima, the, the, the greatest honor for a, for a bas melech, for a princess, is to be inside the palace. That is how she influences things, and that's how that that is her most important place is inside. Now, the tzaddik goes out, walks around the streets, meets people, talks to people. So that you might say, by the male tzaddik, when he leaves, so they they lose his instruction. But what about the tzaddikis who does not talk to as many people and does not see as many people? You might think that when she leaves, the city is the same city. No. Well, she's telling us she still has a tremendous influence on her surroundings, and not only the surroundings in the palace, in her own home, but the fact that there's this Sadekis in the city, that has a big, a big effect. We, we don't understand exactly how it works, but there's a big effect. The, the, the famous story, presumably true story, is that very late in his life, the, the Chafetz Chaim, uh, decided that it's time for him to go to Eretz Yisrael. That was always his, his dream of a lifetime to, to go emigrate, to leave Europe and to go settle in Eretz Yisrael. He was already a very old man. 
Rav Chaim Grazinski, who was uh, essentially the God of Lador at the time, he found out about this and, and he begged the Chafetz Chaim, please don't leave us. We need you. We need your influence. We need to have the Chafetz Chaim amongst us here, where we are. And the Chafetz Chaim said, well, I'm an old man, but what? I don't talk to anybody anymore. I don't, I can't get around. How much influence do I really have? And Rav Chaim Moser famously told him, when the altar sits by Tish, the kinder fionizachandarish. When the when the old grandpa sits at the table, the children act differently. Just the fact that you're with us, even if you don't say anything to us, just your example, just your presence, even if we don't see you, we act differently when you're with us. Okay, the Gurarye explains these ideas of these concepts of Hoid and Ziv and Hodar differently, and I think perhaps a little better, a little more specifically. The Gaaria explains that Hod, the word Hod, I would translate as uh, glory. The Hod refers to the fact that the Tzaddik directs people in Yerushamayim. He directs them, he teaches them how to act with fear of heaven. He teaches them mitzvah saseh and mitzvah loisaseh. He teaches them the positive commandments of the Torah, what you need to do. He teaches them the loisaseh, he teaches them what you're not supposed to do. That is referred to as hod. And the, the Maral explains, That's called Pana Hodo. So when the Tzaddik leaves, we say Pana Hodo, Kiahod, Kiahod Hu Lashain Shevach. The word Hod is also related to the word, not, not, uh, not, uh, not in its root, but, it, but it, the concept of Hod is related to Shevach, to praise. For example, we find a Pasuk, Hodo Lashem Kitov. Hodo, Praise Hashem because he is great, because he is good. A person who is Yerei Elohim, he is royally Shabayach. He is someone who is, is proper to praise. As it says in Mishle, Yiras Hashem Hiti Salal. The one who fears Hashem, literally she, and in that case is talking about a woman, but it would apply to a man also. Hiti Salal. She shall be praised. And he says, Yiras Hashem Shevach So Hod, which it means the praise of the city, that refers to the fact that the tzaddik teaches the people how to do the mitzvahs of Hashem, how to serve Hashem, how to praise Hashem. Ziv, what is Ziv? The shine, the splendor that the tzaddik provides for the city and that the city loses when he, when he leaves. Here the, the morale says, Shehu maskil oisam bechachma. The tzaddik uh, gives wisdom to the people. He teaches them wisdom. And wisdom is called ziv. It is called a shine, a splendor. For example, there's a pasuk that says, chachmas adam to'ir panov. The wisdom of a person will light up his face. So ziv refers to the Chachma that the Tzaddik teaches them. 
incidentally, before we move on to Hadar, it sounds to me from the from the Maharal, sounds to me that would seem to me that he is saying that Chachma, that the Tzaddik teaches the people is not specifically the Chachma of the Torah. Because that would presumably be included in Hod, in Yerashamayim. If Hod is referring to the Yerashamayim, that he teaches them the Mitzvah Sasei and the Mitzvah Slei Sasei, that's the Torah. That's uh, that's the Mitzvahs, the Halachis. What is Chachma? Chachma apparently uh, refers to other other forms of Chachma that it's that a, that a real tzaddik also possesses and that he teaches to people. Let's continue, and then there is Hadar. The tzaddik provides for the city Hadar, and the Maral explains who remes al This hints, this this denotes the praiseworthy midas. And he says as before, the kind of midas that you find in Pirkei Abbas. Those kind of midas of kindness, of, of, of even of um, good manners, and all kinds of midas toivais, that's what's referred to by hadar, the beauty. He says, shehem tiferesli oisera. Because as the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Abbas says, that when a person has the proper midas, it's tiferously oisera. It is beauty for the one who does them, beauty for the one who possesses them. It makes the person into a beautiful character. So there's hod, and there's ziv, and there's hodar. The, the tzaddik provides for the city instruction in Yerushalayim. He provides for the city instruction in wisdom, and he provides instruction to the city in midas toivos. And when the tzaddik leaves, esvelt, it's missing. Panahoida, panaziva, panahadra. Well, these are a few of the things that we can learn from this pasuk and from this Rashi comment.